Greetings programs, welcome to Animatronic, the podcast talking about episodes of Disney's animated television show, Tron Uprising. My name is Duncan Shields, host of Tronologically Speaking, the movie-by-minute podcast talking about 1982's movie, Tron. And I'm Courtney Coulson, reviewing Tron Legacy one minute at a time on Legacy Minute. Episode 11. So this is uh, episode 11, and it's called Grounded. And the little the little sort of tagline is, The renegade is challenged to a fight by Tesla, but is ordered to work at the garage. There's some like, fun stuff that happens in this one. Real uh, Spider-Man kind of situation here, you know. Oh, yeah. Cover for your daily life, but then, yeah. you know, there's the superhero stuff intervening fantastic totally like clark kent has a big deadline at the daily planet you know <laughs> oh no what is he gonna do so there's a, <laughs> a little recap outlining how just sort of setting up like these recaps become more and more selective as the season goes on because it's just too much to cover so this is just a recap specifically cherry picking uh, and outlining how beck is having more and more trouble keeping his two lives separate and keeping them from intersecting with each other because of the time demands on both of them, which I think a lot of people can relate to, not necessarily in a superhero context, but there seems to be not enough time for people with varied interests like yourself. There is never enough time. I think that's actually, what is that from? A a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, maybe? (laughs) I don't know. Or a a James Bond movie, perhaps. There's never enough enough time. time. The world is not enough. Yeah, this is why I'm a big advocate for uh, immortality, or at least, you know, being able to extend your life, because frankly, 100 years, that's a joke. I mean, first 20 years, I was just learning how to be a human, and he's struggling at it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I got too many ideas, man. Yeah, no, for sure. There's a lot to be said for extending the lifespan so that you can learn more stuff. But there's also the fact that, like, I had the first six months of this year off and uh, I did not churn out 20 books, (laughs) you know, like I think there is there is like it's good to have the freedom to do as much as you want. But I think there's a few people that might be dreaming about the productivity that they would achieve had they the free time. I think they'd be a a little shocked. Productivity is something you're either good at naturally or you're not there's just yeah there's natural procrastinators in the world it's not your fault it's just how you're made right so whereas i yeah with chronic fatigue syndrome it's like i have all these novels i have now i have this comic i want to draw i have all these costumes i want to do sure all this podcast but i gotta sleep like 12 yeah. to 15 hours of the day so. <laughs> that's the curse of the creative for sure. There's never, there's never enough time. Or as soon as you start something, it sparks 10 more ideas. You're like, stop it. Oh Shut my up. God, yes. Brain, yes. be quiet. My brain is too powerful. It's too powerful. No. I get it. Okay. You got, yeah, you got ideas. Just shut up for a second. Yeah, um, let's finish one. So we open up on the curfew descending on Argon and one program running scared through the deserted streets being chased by red programs and an attack chopper. I don't know if this is just a rando or if this uh, this person has something valuable on them, but she's got a few forces after her. It's post curfew, I guess. So she's uh, she's not having a great time. She... Do you know the artist Patrick Nagel? Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's given me those Nagel woman vibes, you know? A thousand percent. It's like that with 
like a lot of the characters in the show. There's a very mm. I don't know if it's Nagel or or, or Nagel or Nagel, but his uh, he did the cover for the Duran Duran Rio album, and he was the oh, yes. this the definitive that clean that you know like a lot of '80s had that clean pure vector, vector yeah. you know kind of art in it there was there was some warm deep shag and there was some holdover from the 70s of like you know fuzzy puffy soft kind of stuff but there was also this like hard edged art and this hard edged furniture and this hard edged fashion and that and nigel was part of that just a real clean pure uh you know faces mostly yeah mostly you know hot women in leotards or with yeah don't you remember if he's ever drawn a man i think there's a few in there there's a few perhaps some interesting thing is he died under freaky circumstances in 82 i think so just at the beginning of the 80s and yet he defined that look really yeah i thought he would have been around to the early 90s that's exactly yeah shocking so he was kind of like almost doing stuff in the 70s that was wow yeah, late seventies, early eighties, and uh, the other thing that really defined that look of the eighties, and I'm wondering how much all of this kind of influenced each other, was the Memphis yeah. furniture style. So that's yeah. that bright colors, all that bold. Oh, actually, the Rugrats title cards are yeah. also inspired by that. And I'm wondering, like, does it all just come from one source? Is it all just ah? I love breaking mostly. Apart like, I think it might have been you that told me about the Memphis thing, and I looked it up, and I was like, whoa you are not kidding this is like yeah. where it all came from <laughs> this is where all it's of the, the purple triangles and the black and white checkers and the what like the the sort of garish hard-edged you know shapes and all that kind of stuff just imagine came. inventing an entire decade by accident right you know oh this will look cool oh you just changed the entire world for 10 years what you know amazing yeah so this program that's running she jumps off a bridge uh, which is a bit, you know, alarming. But she's not dying. She's just sort of trying to evade the, the, the people that are after her. But she fails. Can programs die from a great fall? I don't know. That is a question that we have yet to answer. It doesn't seem to be possible, but I think that it would be because they do seem to be scared of heights. Like you'll see them on the edge of something and go, "Oh, geez, I better not fall." And uh, so I guess damage could occur. Hmm. So there, I mean, there is gravity. Okay, so I'm willing to, I'm willing to buy that. Yeah, I wonder would they just snap a leg off or break an arm off? Like, would it? Would they break a bone or? Because there's like, huh? Because Paige was studying to be a medic, right? So, I guess you'd get, yeah. you'd get, you'd get like the equivalent of like broken code. I think it would like squish the code lines in whatever you landed on, and you'd have to have someone doctor your disc to sort of. You'd repair have all your the pixels code. hanging out yeah <laughs> yeah walking around with your pixels hanging out how embarrassing because in a video game you know it's just one hit the end you're dead it's nice and clean then you just come back to life again whereas yeah. programs it's kind of weird they're in this middle state where it's not like a person not like a uh, an actual video game character so yeah and they never really touch on that like save points or something like it's okay i saved Let's go into battle. It doesn't matter if I die now, you know, or something like. I would love that. You know, I kind of wanted that to be involved somehow. It changes everything if they do, but I mean. I'm... Tron, but Jumanji. Yeah, Tron, but Jumanji. Tron Manji? Jutronji? I don't know. <laughs> no. Uh, and so we get 
she's eventually surrounded by guards on all sides, but she's surrounded by both the old style guards and the new style guards. So they've got the big helmet, hockey pad, uh, well, you know, goalie glove wearing guys. And then we've got the sleek motorcycle helmet guys. And uh, she, she tries to run away, but one of the old style guards slams the butt of his, you know, rainbow staff into the ground and something happens that I don't think we've seen before. Uh, this staff has the power to activate the polygonal octagon shapes of the grid or hexagons of the grid and uh, to make them descend or ascend, I guess. But um, I think that happens in Legacy when Sam Flynn gets pinned by the recognizer at the beginning, right? Yeah. He gets isolated on a little island of hexagons. Yeah. So only some programs can manipulate the environment. And then also Dyson has detective mode. I, yeah. I, well, how does this work? Yeah, it seems to be tied to the staff with these guards. But it's sort of, mm. I don't get the impression that the motorcycle helmet spandex guards have this power. I, it feels like it's something tied to owning a staff or having the training, I guess, of being this level of guard. Which kind of is cool because that gives them a different power instead of just a different uniform which isn't really explained now they actually yeah, have you the gotta power. level up to have yeah. that ability yeah yeah so yeah so she gets isolated and a recognizer comes actually down. you know what hang on yeah this this whole world was created by a video game designer so yeah of course that's how the grid works why did it take me so long to put two and two together yes flynn has decided that there's a point system and you unlock new abilities as you go along yeah yeah that's my head cannon if it was like that's why i'm kind of curious about that movie free guy which hasn't come out yet oh yeah but like if you're literally in a video game and you can level up you know like you can you know a lot of a lot of movies and shows riff on it you know, like uh, like Scott Pilgrim and stuff like that, where there's like a joking sort of stylistic aside where a, a player will get a life, you know, or, or level up and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, if you if you were literally in a game and that was happening, like in Tron, if you'd practiced enough and you got that buff of power wrists or like did Tesla just spend, you know, three months punching walls to, until he got the power fists? You know, no, that's he absolutely. Like, a, he hacked the system, man. He, he, oh, he, he did. He hacked. Uh, he must have for sure. But yeah. I wonder if you could do that. If you could somehow mine abilities. It's a third-party mod. It glitches out. It's a third-party mod. That's right. Very reputable programmer down in that shady section of town that we'd seen earlier with the Peter Stormare, Cobol yeah. guy. You know. Oh yeah, these power fists. They'll never fail you. Uh, super great. Uh, a lot of uh, top quality. Yeah, that's where he, that's where he got them for sure. So, we should just write our own second season of Tron Uprising. We've got all these ideas. At this point, I think it would be something we could actually do. Yes. <laughs> so what do we got here? So, uh, yeah, she gets isolated and the, the recognizer's coming down. But then Beck shows up, dukes it out with the guards, uh, grabs a staff, and then uses the staff trick to send the guards plummeting down into their own pits. And uh, they're all unconscious. And then he rescues a bunch of programs from the recognizer. They're all women, which is interesting, uh, but they're all 
for wonderfully designed, unique, fantastic programs again. And I'm hoping that they don't all immediately get killed, which seems to be the track record for <laughs> the previous episodes. But he don't asked, get anywhere near Beck, you will yeah. die. Oh God, you met him. You're marked. Uh, so he asked them <laughs> seven to, days. He says, "Yes, yeah, seven days." Spread. He's like the the grids version of the haunted videotape in the ring. Like, oh no, <laughs> he spoke to you. Um, so he asked them to spread the mission that Tron lives. So there you go. Hashtag Tron lives. Hashtag Tron lives. And then uh, Tesla, <laughs> Tesla's told that Tron lives by a hapless guard who was there, who he kills with his glowy hands. But uh, he like grabs onto the guard and kills the guard with his glowy hands. Now, that's something that I was a little curious about. Because in the first episode, when Tesla and Beck are like, skipping through the uh half-built construction site there's a bit where uh, beck is hanging off of a girder and tesla is literally hanging by his hands off of beck's head he's got a hold of beck's head with both hands and he's dangling in midair i guess you could say he he could have murdered him at that point yes that would have been a very short season but um again they should have just done like the Oh my god, you killed Kenny approach to Tron Uprising. You back every episode, just saying. Every morning he wakes up in his couch going, Ah, oh, jeez, I got killed again. Well, <laughs> you know. So uh, then we cut to a couple of programs, a couple of red programs playing that kind of highlight game with the scoops, the rings game. Oh, they're... before we jump on to yeah. that, um, <laughs> I love the, the, the terms that Pavel comes up with for Tesla. So this week it's right away your voraciousness. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll have to keep tabs on that. I forgot. Yeah, it keeps coming up Good with stuff. different different, uh, different adulational terms. So let's see. So they're playing that highlight game rings with no rings, and Zed and Mara are. It's kind of more. Yeah, Zed and Mara are waiting outside in their armor. It's, I still love that armor. But the red programs yeah. are playing their nineteenth game in a row, which Zed says in a very disappointed term. They're armored up and they're ready to go, but no one can interrupt a red programs game, I guess, because they've got the backing of Tesla and the invading occupying force. So. They chat a little bit about the renegade, and Zed says that he would turn in the renegade in a second. He's like, mm. that renegade, it's no good. I'd turn him in. And I'm like, oh, well, sorry to hear that, Zed. But then recognizes Descend, and they've got billboards between their stabilizers. I like it when they're trying to like justify the use of these stabilizers. Like in the in the 1982 movie, they they have a little web that spins between the stabilizers so that it can like cut the bubbles you know there's like weird weird bubbles that show up out of nowhere Mm. but as they're going down the the energy trail trying to follow the solar sailor they've got this little mesh that spins between them and you know i like that there's it's such a cool design it's the one design that never changed i think i mentioned that before but from from concept to being in the movie, from being conceptualized in like 75 or 76 to showing up in the movie in 82, it's the exact same. It didn't go through like yeah. any... You and know. it looks it's pretty much the same here. It looks the yeah. same in yeah. Legacy. Recognizes that it's... It's cool to have that... Um, cool to have that lasting for such a long time. But they, yeah, so they got these big billboards of Tesla's face on their big screen TVs coming down between the stabilizers and he's delivering a live message from headquarters saying that he's going to lift curfew 
and spare prisoners from the games if the renegade surrenders himself before the end of the cycle, he says, which I guess means the end of the day. If you look closely, there's this scrolling text when they're in the um, square, everyone's looking up at the screen. Yeah. And it almost looks like stock market stuff, but it just says buy, boom, exclamation point. It looks like to me, I can't tell if that's really <laughs> what it says, but I'm deciding that's what it says now. I like it. I think that's probably probably close. It's just like maybe some placeholder text that they just sort of was like, ah, no yeah. one's going to actually read this. Buy, boomstick. It's like when they're talking about... Uh, you know, like when the movie by minute podcasts are talking about a movie from like, you know, 1976 or something. And they're like, yeah, we're noticing some continuity errors, but <laughs> nobody shot this film thinking that, you know, in 50 years, somebody would go through it literally minute by minute with a fine tooth comb. You know, like that just that wasn't something that was that, that powered. I was like, this, this movie was made before VCRs, you know, so it's like doing reviews by minute really does something surreal to your experience of watching a movie because you suddenly realize a lot of it is just kind of implication and letting you assume a lot and then you actually break it down and go actually no one said anything of that sort why do we all assume that this character meant such and such you know what i mean i can't give a specific example but you just go wow a lot of it is just implied and, and suggestion it's not actually in the text yeah, you start thinking, huh? Are they, or when you start comparing like the script and the novelization to the movie, you're like, wait a second, that's not really. It's real. That's it's not. All yeah, apart. It's all falling apart. So back. Tron uh, Legacy has a lot of that, where you just yeah. go, wait, hang on. So so Flynn disappeared all this time, and no one looked for him. Or they did, or hang on, but Bradley knows about the grid, so he would know how to get down into the Hawaii, yeah. and now I've got a running narrative where um, Alan Bradley is, uh, he attempted to murder Kevin Flynn, screwed it up, and now he's just trying to cover his tracks. <laughs> I love it. Oh, that's dark. <laughs> that's what the text says, man. I like it. <laughs> So Beck hears this news and he's pretty into taking the bait. He's like, uh, listen, I got to turn myself in. And Tron's like, don't do it. Tron's in his healing bath. You know, he's taking a bath and counseling Beck. He's saying, you know, don't, uh, don't, don't do it. You know, he says, you need to get to the prisoners before the end of the cycle and freedom. So that's, uh, that's Beck's mission. I like the organic movement that these sort of tendrils around the healing chamber. Have. Yeah, it's. I don't even know how to describe it. It gives us a very organic quality in an inorganic world. Yeah, yeah, like sea and enemy tendrils or something like that. Oh man, I hope there's stuff under the water like that as well. Oh yeah, naturally. Occurring. We need to see the Tron Ocean. I want to see yeah the Tron Ocean. I want to see it. I want to see the Tron. The ecosystem of Tron, which we get a little bit of in the next uh, in the next episode, but we cut back to Paige beating up a guard to get into a place where Pavel is operating on somebody. He's in. It's weird. He's in a literal surgeon's gown and gloves. Yeah, yeah. And he's got his hands up as if the blood's gonna trickle down, but like there's nothing. Yeah. You know. Yeah, or like he's trying to just keep them sterile. Okay. You know? Yeah. And I'm not sure how much sterility is actually a problem on the grid, but I guess it's just... Are there microorganisms? What? Right? Does does stuff get moldy? You know, do they have code infections? I mean, I guess you talk about viruses, 
right? So that could be something. Oh, like where, a literal virus. Like a, a literal virus, right? So I wonder. But Pavel's ah. is Pavel's upgrading Tesla. We'll do that so. in our uh, second season of Toronto Rising. In our second our second season, episode. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Pavel's going to up- be very topical, you know. There's going to be a <laughs> pandemic. Oh it's- yeah, for sure. <laughs> right. So, uh, but Pavel's operating on Tesla himself. Tesla's suspended face down. Um, third party mods. Third party mods brought to you by Pavel. <laughs> Hacked by Pavel. And so yeah. he's he's given him a big plus twenty to his glowy fists, you know, and and so there'll be a big fight. So, but uh, back but Tesla's at... only a level fifty, and you need to be at least a level sixty to use those power fists. So That's right. we'll see what happens. <laughs> we'll see. He's got he's got plus ten Tron punching gloves. That's me playing The Witcher because I don't understand what I'm doing. I play it like it's God of War where I just smash things. Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> no. I, I yeah, I tried Witcher for a while, but uh I, it's 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 spell tree or whatever got pretty complex pretty quick. And I hear there is that's one of the problems with it is that its learning curve is kind of steep. But uh, Oh yeah. I don't know how I finished the game. I did it. I even started doing the DLCs. How the hell? I'm bad at games. I'm really bad at games. How did I do that? Well, I failed upwards. That's good. I think I just went in playing it like Kratos, just being baller and reckless, and somehow that worked in my favor. Well, I think one of the one of the strengths of the game that a few people have told me is that you can play it however you want. Right, if you want to be meticulous and you want to really go deep with the with the with the levels and, and strategy, the nerd crap. Yeah, feel free. It's all there. It's yeah. ready ready to all support the you if you do. And stuff. But if you just want to spam and run around, hey, fill your boots. Also good, mm. <laughs> which I think is a, definitely a strength of any game. I think maybe that's how I did it. Is that I didn't. I, some people must be like, I'm going to test, you know, the nerd crap, and also I'm going to try and just, you know spam the hang on which triangle button if it's playstation um yeah no i think i just went straight in as i'm gonna be a brawler and that worked in my favor never looked back so uh let's see after this uh the operation we cut back to abel's garage and i feel like we haven't seen abel in a really long time i'm like hey oh yeah abel he runs the garage where they all work like i feel like we haven't seen him in quite a bit it turns out that Beck is quite often tardy at Abel's garage, and uh, Abel's really not liking it. He's at his wit's end. So Abel grounds Beck, saying, you can't leave. Uh-oh. And I wonder if he You're can... You're not my dad. You're not my dad. But and he, I don't... he can't say that because there are no dads in That's right. the grid. <laughs> and I wonder I wonder about, can he, can he enforce that? Like, I don't know. He, incides, he yeah. assigns uh, Zed to watch over him and we see the Vulcan hairdo mechanic and the, uh, the, the other guy, Asian guy in the background. And we learn that Abel can fire people and that everyone knows Beck is on thin ice. And we also learn that Zed <laughs> has small. So if you're fired, hands. well, how does that work? You know, are you unemployed? I guess we've seen homeless people. So it's yeah. not like you yeah. automatically get redirected elsewhere. There seems to be an economy and there seems to be employment and there seems to be unemployment. So, you know, it's a very, they sort of insinuate a lot of stuff without going too much into it. Right. The actual economy of the grid is something that I'd be interested to know 
more about, you know. This is the sort of stuff that I would love to know more about, like Star Trek. Everyone's always speculating about how that economy works, and frankly, I am here for it. I yeah. am a boring adult now who cares about this <laughs> stuff instead of fun pew-pew space fights. Yeah, right? So Beck tries to grab his special disc and leave, but Abel catches him. And But Abel's like, look, I know Bodhi's death hit you hard back in episode one, and... You know, you just got to get over it and pour yourself into your work. And so it's like, uh, Abel thinks the wrong thing. Abel thinks that it's all about Bodhi's death and that he's still slacking and showing up late because he's still being rocked by that. But it's not. And we get a cool overhead shot here of the city in a time lapse. I love these overhead oh, uh, shots. Another one. <laughs> you keep moving on too fast and have to interrupt. Sorry. Oh, um, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm just looking. Mara we're, we're, saying... Sorry, uh, yeah, Mara says, um, I need someone with small, delicate hands. Yeah. Uh, he's, uh, oh my god, uh, friggin' thinking of his name now. Zed? Zed, there we go. Yeah. yeah, Zed's like, I'm your guy. And I was so expecting to go, hang on a second, or to have some other. No, no, he's just, that's his response. He's yeah, he's it. like, sounds good to me, you know? So I'm like, <laughs> well, all right. Uh, yeah, so we get this cool overhead shot of the city in a time lapse, and Tron is scanning Argon from his hideout, zooming in to people on the street in Argon looking for Beck. So I'm just kind of like, well, he can just zoom in like a Hubble telescope from that far out and read people's lips on the streets of Argon. Like, that's pretty wild. That's a pretty amazing spy device that he's got in his hideout there. He's not completely cut off. It seems like at any time he wants to, he can just zoom in on whoever and totally crazy amount of zoom yeah that's like wild zoom put all his stats and it's one of those things it comes up a lot in science fiction is where you have certain technologies and you go hang on so if we go back through the story that technology would have been really useful before or why are they doing this if they don't need it like okay again gotta mention transformers because sorry it's just what i do um there was a I've been watching Robots in Disguise, and there's two robots fighting over binoculars. I'm just like, hang on. But we know, canonically, <laughs> that you guys can zoom in with your eyeballs. Why do you need binoculars? I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, right? There's stuff like that that slips through the cracks all the time. And it probably lets they let it through. So like, okay, well, no one's going to care. Well, I we think Robots care. in Disguise, 2015, that version. Um yeah, that's aimed at a younger audience. It's just it's kind of like Looney Tunes logic, where oh, it's cute and sure. funny. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And there's occasionally little bits of that here in Tron Uprising as well. But so, meanwhile, everyone's filling, filing out of the garage. The shift is over, and they want to go see if the Renegade shows up before the end of the cycle at the main square to save the prisoners. And uh, Zed and Mara are going too. But Beck's grounded. And I can, we can finally, I finally, with all these programs that are leaving the the shop, I can finally see some twinning happening happening in the background, in the crowd of yeah. people filing out. Just finally, there's a few people in the crowd that are the exact same. I'm like, wow, this deep into the show, it's like I can forgive it because they've done such an amazing job uh, so far, and it's brief, you know, and you have to with crowd shots like that. But, there's one in the background who has uh, the helmet on. Or so it just looks like three gray bars. It's not even... Yeah, yeah. What the hell is that? No, it kind of looks pretty cool. 
Oh, um, how much we were saying about, you know, doing things for a joke and then it really brings all continuity into question. That is the bane of all movies by minute reviewers, I think, where it's yeah. like, hang on a minute, but what does that mean? Oh God, do we take that literally now? Oh no. Yeah, yeah, it changes everything. So Abel assigns Link, remember Link, to uh, to oversee Beck. Just, oh, just yeah, I, I love this reveal. Just yoinks Link in from off screen. It's just like, I'm assigning Link, reach, pull. <laughs> to uh to oversee you and links look at all downcast and wet noodle no dear i didn't oh, want to do this oh I, yeah do i have to well okay you know it, he's so the good the dog voice is so goddamn hard <laughs> yeah i guess that yeah ground floor it is it's really hard to do actually so beck gives his word to oh, Abel. Dear. hang on yeah it's got to be like slightly spongebob it's like oh dear like up in there okay, oh got you it, got, got it, it. yeah that Beck gives his word to Abel that he will not leave the garage. I uh, do not have money on him keeping that promise. I kind of want to make my lock screen the Clue logo thing that we're seeing with uh, behind Tesla. Yeah, cool. yeah, it's really cool. So we get some more great overhead shots of the city as a fleet of recognizers head for the main square. And I just live for these overhead shots of the cities. It's so cool. And this main this main square has like a hundred view screens, like a whole bunch of different colors. And we get a little hint here of kind of like what could be in terms of color for the city. Like I'd really like to see, like we talked about a pleasure city or a club city that's just strobing neon and like bonkers outfits yeah. that are like half a story tall or whatever. Or maybe even entirely new programs with multiple arms or strange glass housings, you know, or transparent I'm programs. Imagining that episode of samurai jack where he's at the nightclub and he has this insane outfit and everyone else is just and the designs are buck wild and yeah that i want that awesome i gotta watch that i haven't i've seen some of those show some episodes of that show but i haven't seen the whole thing and what i've seen i've liked good yeah and the recognition it's on a streaming channel uh service that we have over here and uh that's why i just went you know what it's time. It's time. Like I don't know. It's yeah. been fifteen years. It's time to watch it again. Yeah. Appreciate it more as an adult, I think. Oh, cool. Good. That's Gendy Tartovsky, right? Gendy Tartakovsky. Yes. Gendy Tartakovsky. Yeah. I always get that wrong. Those Russian names. <laughs> uh, then the Ru- the the rec- <laughs> the Russians the recognizers <laughs> land in synchronous formation here. Beck tries to leave. This is a great. <laughs> this goes down exactly the way that I thought it would. Beck tries to leave the garage. Link fails to stop him. That's the end of that scene. Like he's like, I'm, I'm gonna yeah, leave. And Link's like, oh, I wish you wouldn't. Bye. It's it's the dead dove do not eat scene. It's like, well, I don't know what I expected. That's yeah, yep. exactly. Like it's like, oh well, that played out exactly. You know, it's the way way I thought it would. So Tesla's talking down to the people in the square, and we see. Uh, a whole bunch of different faces. This is one thing I liked, a few of which we've seen before in the clubs and at the beginning of this episode. We see a few of the, the girl prisoners that uh, that Beck freed at the very beginning, but we also see people that were like, you know, just from previous episodes, the people that weren't killed in Beck's adventures uh, hanging around in the crowd as well, which I thought was pretty cool. I'd love to know how they went about designing extras. You know, did they just draw 150 
random people and they sort through that collection or how does it i'm pretty sure that they i my big hope is that they're caricatures of the crew Mm. that they're caricatures of the animators and people that worked on the show uh actually they probably wouldn't be maybe you'd have to pay them for their likeness so more than likely they're from scratch or they might be friends of the the concept artist or something like that but uh, they're so exact and they're also unique that i really think that they were taken from people's actual faces but they might not be the mind of an artist is a creative place they could have come up with it on their own yeah i we gotta track down um uh, uh we're blanking on the designer's name uh robert Raja? valley there we go oh robert valley yeah yeah no no that guy's dead yeah yeah <laughs> N- N- I was told it was Nagel like Bagel. But anyway, yeah, Patrick, now he he did. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, Robert Valley, who did the designs for Tron. Yeah, I wonder if he... Oh, he's on Instagram. Maybe I'll send him a message. Yeah, send him a message. Tell. See if he's into talking about it. That'd be really cool to ask him some questions. Mm-hmm. So Clue's face comes up on the main billboard saying, you know, what he's got to say. And uh beck straight up flies his flyer right through the face of clue (laughs) in the in the big screen Mm. and then he lands in the main square and he quips what did i miss oh lol he's getting peak spider-man right now oh yeah he's very this is peak spider-man and tesla descends to fight (laughs) beck and we get this like showdown at the okay corral kind of situation here and Beck straight yeah. up lies. He claims to be Tron. He's like, yep, I'm totally Tron. The guards hit the ground with their sticks again, and Tron and Tesla descend into a new basement chamber to fight, which I've never, I don't know what this what this basement chamber is. It seems like it's almost like a, like under like under a concert arena or something. You'd have like tunnels for, you know, people to like <coughs> get to the elevators to go up to the stage and stuff like that. This seems like one of those utility shafts underneath the main square that are fighting down there for some reason. And this makes me think of uh, the fight scene in Black Panther where, you know, you've got this sure. dark environment, but this is how you make your character stand out. You know, it's all about yeah. color and light and all of that, where you can follow what's going on and this weight. And it's insane to think that this is a cartoon that was made on probably not even a quarter of the budget of Black Panther. Yeah, yeah. And yet Black Panther just looks like this rubbery, cartoony mm-hmm. mess. It's this has got like... Yeah, it's when just, uh, it's Tesla just, is firing that gun, this recoil, this everything, it's great. It's the strength of animation, right? You can mm. with with bold, simple character design and some a lot of effort, you can make something for an eighth the cost. It's really it's really some, and you can make also plus whatever the heck you want, and we, so you can do it at, at a lot a smaller price. It's all how you spend the money, though. There's movies that have amazing effects that were made for you know, a quarter of the cost of these, you know, bloated Independence Day kind of summer tentpole blockbusters. It's like, did everybody get paid $400,000 a year to work on this? Because I I really don't know why this expensive car crash looks not nearly as good as this tight, well-scripted, well-done eight million dollar movie that was made one year before honestly i think a lot of big budget movies are just wasting money on ridiculous stuff like uh, so i review prometheus 
and uh, Prometheus by Minute. Yeah. And Vickers, um, <clears throat> actually, Charlize Theron's character, she wears this gray tailored suit at the beginning of the film, and it looks amazing. Yeah. But it is made of the most expensive fabric ever made. Oh. It's made of this wool that can only be found in this very remote part of South America. You can't breed these llamas anywhere else in the world or alpacas i should say it's insane it's just like just use some gray suiting fabric <laughs> it would have looked the same it would look so exactly yeah the same. whereas animation pure animated films there's only so much you can splurge on the, the you can't spend your budget on stupid crap like that true true and it's a real shame that in the Western world, we still have this attitude of animation is a lesser art form. Yeah. It's for kids exclusively. Whereas yeah. in Japan, it's even dramas and rom-coms and yeah. genres that we would typically not associate with animation. Yeah, they do it all animated because it's actually easier for them to do that. Yeah, like uh, Tokyo Godfathers. I remember watching Tokyo Godfathers going, what a great film, but it's about like three homeless guys that find a baby and have to take care of the baby. And there's like a there's a big set piece at the end where they're they're swinging around on, you know, flags and stuff, and they're carrying the baby. So it would be like unsafe to film that. But almost the entire film is like, you didn't have to animate this. This is just three homeless guys that find a baby and have to take care of it. You could have just shot this, you know. So it's like I understand if you want to do giant robots or dragons or space demons or something. I'm like, well, you're gonna have to animate that in some fashion. Yeah. You know, but if it's just a a regular tale, it's a, interesting that they would that they're like they see no problem with animating it. And I wish that there was more of that here too. I'm, I'm you couldn't even now. pitch that in America. I don't think they go well. Why do we need to do this animated? There's no complex things. It's just actors in yeah. normal clothes. So we'll no. just do a live action. But I think animation allows you to be far more expressive in ways that live action just can't be. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one for sure. I wish it was bigger here. But it's it's mm. gaining it's gaining some speed, I think, with Netflix and these streaming services that need content now, and uh, especially with, with the, the COVID around the world right now, animation studios are the only sort of places that are still able to churn out work because everybody can work from home. Whereas with act- yeah. actual movie sets, they're like, grand opening, grand closing. Like, they, yeah. you know, they just stop starting and, and you know, try to, try to make a film. Well, everybody's trying to do their best. We only had lockdown for like two months in Perth and that was it. it was oh, over. yeah. We don't... yeah. <laughs> Life went on. I That's can't right. even imagine. Yeah. No, you guys hit it. You guys did it well. Mm. It's not... Uh... Uh, we did it pretty good at BC, but recently it's starting to really not be good. That's topical. Let's get back to the topical. timeless beauty. Yes. So Tesla, uh, Tesla lights up his hands, and they do seem to have a slightly different look to them now. There's a couple of different, you know, bands of light or something on them. They seem to be slightly differently configured. His cape disappears. He punches holes in walls and crushes bars to show off how powerful his hands are now and then. This is also reminded me now of the uh, subway fight between Neo and Agent Smith. Sure, yeah. Once he, you know, they get into the brawl, that's that's what it's reminded me of. And then, yeah, but then Tesla's right arm literally turns into a giant hand-cranked Gatling gun. (laughs) 
and stabilizers pop out of his heels right so he fires and he still yeah. gets driven back by the by the recoil of the giant gun that his his arms are and uh like i'm like okay that's an upgrade okay that's an upgrade like i figured he was just gonna make his hands a bit more punchy you know but this is like oh my god they transform into guns that's ridiculous i love it he's a transformer now he is i i did think that they probably had some toys in mind when they gave him this uh this upgrade, i hope but... so oh, why did they not make toys of this it would have been great it would have been really cool especially like glow in the dark toys like very awesome. toyetic very but, toyetic. uh he the the gun uh well he i think he gets knocked and so it it misfires at some random guy and he loses the top part of his head yeah it's such a good shot like he keeps missing back and blowing holes in the walls uh and like yeah beck throws his disc and it kicks the gun up for a sec so a shot goes wild up into the watching crowd (laughs) it was just like we get this fantastic yeah this moment where a program it it just shaves the hair off the top of this guy's head. And he's, he puts on this awesome face of like, hmm. he's just not into it. You know, he's like, yeah. you know, it's like the fact uh, that he just almost got his head blown off is kind of almost neck and neck with the idea that he really liked his hair. That's too yeah. bad, you know. I guess, hang on, so does hair grow back or is he just stuck like that now? I sure hope it grows back. Or you can get hair, more hair programmed for you, you know. Or is it like GTA when you get a new haircut, they can add more hair. Yeah, I think you can I think you can add more hair. I don't think that the like uh Mara's hair strikes me as you know, designed, you know, that kind of yeah. you know, floof to it. So I'm sure he can just get some more hair programmed, but at some expense, which he's not down to pay. But he's lucky he's not dead. That's the <laughs> That's the that's yes. the that's the upside of it. But this is one of those things that you can do in animation. You know, those great reaction shots, which you, I mean, yeah. you can kind of do in live action, but it's not quite the same. Not the Unless same. Unless you're Jim Carrey. Unless you're Jim Carrey or Martin Short or something like that. So there's rubber uh, face. Rubber face. Beck and Tesla keep tussling back and forth, and Beck, like you said, he's just getting completely smithed by t- by Tesla here. He's just getting. This is very much like the uh, the fight in in uh, the Matrix. Tesla has his hand on Beck's throat and uh, is really working on him. The crowd is watching from above. He, you know, extendos his arm, go go gadget arm, holding <laughs> Beck's throat into another wall, and he's stretching out his uh, fist for her, like, you know, whatever twenty feet, keeping Beck pen- keeping Beck pinned to the wall. Cracks are showing up all over Beck. He's starting to get derezzed when suddenly Tron rides in on his light cycle underneath the arm and he's got his disc in the air and he literally cuts Tesla's arm off. Hmm. And uh, it made me, didn't Tesla get an arm cut off before? It's pretty cool. Yeah, I think he's lost his arm before. I think he, I think he got a, uh, he got welcome to the potty, Richta. He got his, he got his arm cut off somewhere before but uh it's it's pretty cool and it's you know a well-known hazard for extending arms so you think he would have been a little more careful where he was extending things <laughs> but uh tesla's cape grows are, are you victim blaming <laughs> <laughs> i guess i am this I'm, poor I'm, man has lost his arm and now you're victim blaming i'm, I'm villain blaming it's a whole different yeah. thing <laughs> so yeah 
But Tesla's cape grows back, but he re he flees, cradling his arm. And the crowd looks on, and Tron speeds off. And then Pavel does the worst PR ever. He, he turns around, and he's like, fantastic. Tesla was victorious. Aren't you glad you saw this? And uh, the crowd is not buying it. And I'm like, what are you trying to sell? Absolutely silent. Come on, Pavel. You know, But they all sort of file out and amble home, except for the one program that Beck saved at the beginning, and she still hangs out staring into the pit. But then she's, she's gonna she's gonna join the cause. She's gonna join the cause, and the seeds have been planted. She's part of the rebellion now. So back at Tron A, Tron HQ, uh, the place where epilogues happen, uh, Tron is telling Beck that he's changed things, but Beck doesn't think so. Beck's like, I haven't changed anything. And then Beck says, Oh, I should thank, I should thank you for saving my life for the fifth time. And Tron's like, I don't. Uh, what are you talking about? He says, I've been here the whole time. So turns out it wasn't Tron that uh, cut off Tesla's arm and saved Beck at the end there. Uh. Oh, so I wonder who it was. And then we uh, cut to Mara in full mechanic getup, looking cool as hell, with some sort of uh, pink drive shaft schematic hovering in the air before her. Oh yeah, I forgot I wanted to draw this because I just went this pose, everything. Oh, it's just so cool. It's a desktop. Cover. It's a desktop picture. It looks beautiful. Yeah. This, this, it's, it's, it's a real poster, this one. And she's even reflecting in whatever she's sitting on. Right? The world is just so so pretty. I love Shroud Uprising. It's, it's just so the good. best place and I just want to live <laughs> I just it. want to go there. Uh, oh, she yeah. was she's chilling on the gun barrel of a tank. That's where she is. What a badass. So badass. And then uh, there's a funny moment of dialogue here where Zed is like, "I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said those things about the renegade being." And then she says, "Back." When she uh, when she <laughs> sees him walk again, it's like in you know, like in Austin Powers, uh, it looks like a giant Johnson, come take a look at this. Does that look like a <laughs> dick? Come here and help that. me. You know, that that was a great uh, that was a great little montage. But that sort of I'm sorry, I implied that the renegade was back. So it's good. <laughs> so Mara tells Beck that Abel is furious and Abel calls Beck to his office. And, you know, I've said that every episode we get a new set and, uh, you know, or a new a new place and this is the new place for this episode i think besides the basement of the arena and this is abel's office and it's beautiful i cannot it's get a enough of silence looking thing yeah. and the light is really like it's obscured in a really interesting way and yeah, yeah uh, it's he's got great. this massive circular desk that's under like this huge transparent diving bell kind of thing with all these ribbon cables feeding into it it's absolutely it's fantastic i wish this was real i know that high ceilings aren't generally seen because you know it just takes more building materials also makes a place much harder to heat but sure. i think it's a real shame because it looks really cool high ceilings look hella cool yeah and being a tall person i'm always very grateful for them I lived in a place that was yes. built a long time ago, and I had these like, you know, thirteen, fourteen foot ceilings. And I was just like, oh, I feel like a human being, you know, <laughs> with space. It's great. But yeah, yeah as understand. someone who can cross their legs on on a on a airplane seat, you know, <laughs> it, it, I I can't relate. I'm like nope. five three. No, nope. 
No, you, you and I, we do not. We don't share the same height struggles, that's for sure. No. <laughs> Tough shelves, though. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, Beck's trying to apologize to Abel, but Abel says that he's going to say some words now that he never thought he was going to say. And it totally looks like Beck's about to get fired. But then Abel says, so how did you become the renegade? Oh, geez. I think this is... Yeah. I think this is just the best way to do it. You know, I these yeah. scenes are really hard. The characters revealing the secret identity or that they've always known and just it there's so much pressure on that moment and it needs to play out organically. Yeah. And this one really does feel very natural, I it, think. It it does, right? And I also like the mm. premise for this whole episode I thought was going to become like an ongoing thing. You know, like, where's Peter Parker? He was here a second ago. Where yeah. I, I ought to fire that guy? You know, like, I thought that Abel was just... That's the other thing, too, is that, what, is this is going to keep going on and on where everyone just believes, oh, well, you know, he said he had to do this and that. I believe him. Yeah. Have you ever seen Superman and right. Clark Kent in the same room at the same yeah. time? I, I haven't. I know we're under a deadline, but Beck just stepped out to buy some milk. You know, like, oh, <laughs> yeah, okay. So I'm glad that he puts it together and that sort of puts an end to it. Like his boss is in the, in the, his boss knows, you know, his boss is in the, in the, in the inner circle now and, and he's an older program, right? So he put the, he put the pieces together. I'm surprised that not more people have figured this out at this point, really. But, yeah. but it, it reminds me of that scene in, um, in the last Spider-Man or the Spider-Man. You'll have to be more specific. Not Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, Spider-Man Homecoming when it, yeah. with, with the vulture with Michael Keaton right yeah, 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 yeah. and so him and Michael Keaton's daughter are in the back seat and Michael Keaton is driving and the daughter's like where'd you go Peter on that field trip where we got you know rescued by Spider-Man you were there and then you were gone and he was like oh I uh I was trapped on the ground floor and, and Michael Keaton's in the front seat going oh my god this kid is Spider-Man like he, yeah, and just the way it's filmed, and you got the light turning from red yeah, to green yeah. in his face, and just it's so ah. Good. But it's so satisfying to see somebody put together these super basic puzzle pieces, mm. and like actually coming to the right conclusion. I'm like, oh my god, I, I feel like I've been waiting my whole life to see this in a movie, and uh, you never see it in superhero movies, and no. also uh, kids' media. I mean. Like yeah. a show like this is sort of aiming for a wider audience, but I, I think even shows aimed at kids can have intelligent characters. It's annoying when I see a show that is... Okay, like, uh, this is the example I'm thinking of. Robots in Disguise and Transformers Prime. Transformers Prime was much more sophisticated, but still aimed at kids. Characters were intelligent. And then Robots in Disguise, you got Bumblebee going, uh, Optimus Prime told me that I'm not like him, and then the call cut out. It means I'm a failure. And then this five-year-old, okay, so five, this ten-year-old kid's like, maybe he means that it's a good thing that you and he are different and have different leadership styles. Like, this is, this is painful. Yeah, yeah. Bumblebee's like a million years old, and he's being schooled <laughs> by a ten-year-old human. Yeah, it depends There's no on your, reason. your target audience, for sure. It's some... Uh... <laughs> problems with that so yeah. beck uh beck beck thinks that abel is the one that cut off tesla's arm but abel playfully denies it 
So Abel is on Beck's side, and I'm assuming now that Beck will be able to come and go as he pleases. And this is one of those situations where if this were a computer world and it had like a, a real literal meaning that it would be it would be really advantageous right now to be able to make a copy of yourself. Yes. So one of you could work at the garage and one of you could go off and fight crime. I would ruin the entire show, but I I I get that why they didn't do it, but I think it's uh Yeah, I guess their approach was that when Kevin built the uh, why did I say Kevin because in my podcast it's Sam and Kevin I have to keep I can just yeah. say Flynn. So when Flynn the built the grid yeah. the Flynn's uh, so in the original grid, that was this representation of the inner workings of a computer, mm. whereas I think the grid that he built is more like, this is a place where you can just live, you're not serving anyone else, yeah. you can live for yourself and determine your own lives. So Well, yeah, with the central, in... like the central entire point being individuality. You mm. you can live your life here free from rules. You know, you can you can yeah, do so what like... you want to do functionist versus volitionist i don't even know if those are words i just made them up but yeah i think that's what we could call the different grids is one's functionist one's volitionist to yeah, a degree sure although clue's trying to make it functionist again yeah i keep i keep forgetting that this grid is a creation of flynn and that the 1982's grid was in ncom but it was a different grid right yeah, it's easy to forget that, and I don't know why. I guess you just go, oh, well, it's a grid, so it's a grid. It's yeah. only one. Yeah. So, it has the same name, so that's not helping. Yeah, they're two separate grids, but they're not literally in cyberspace. They don't seem to be aware of the outside world of other computer networks. You know, they, he becomes aware, like, Clue's plan to, like, invade the real world through the nozzle of Flynn's basement gun is kind of like... It's not a very good plan, I don't think. Mm. But I think that, uh, you know, if he was aware of the bigger aspects of cyberspace, that would have been a bigger, a better plan for taking over the world. But I don't know. They just seem to be, that part just all, seems to be left out of like both movies. It's mentioned in the novelization for 1982's Tron, but they don't really explore it, which is, you know, it makes it a whole different movie, right? Then you're talking about something else. Yeah, it, I guess Clue doesn't really know how the outside w world works, doesn't know about the internet, so... No, no, he, he has no idea. So it's in one way, it's ballsy of him to try to think that he can do out there what he did in the grid. That's the whole thing about yeah. his plan, is that it's doomed to failure. Like, the first time his soldiers feel rain or whatever, they're going to go, what is happening to my skin? Or the first time they <laughs> they taste ice cream or whatever, they get they're, they're, <laughs> They're not going to be able to invade. They'll be too busy with sensory overload. And then <laughs> they've got to come through like two at a time out of Flynn's basement. So all you got to do is shut that down and so much for your plans. So. You can't get recognizers out of there. I don't know. You no, just smash the building down. That's, that's right. The first recognizer out of there is going to wreck the whole project. So, yeah. It was kind of. It I just have this image of Clue walking down the street, and you got all these, you know, the big padded up uh, guards, and they're just skipping along, going, "Wow, this is amazing! Look, oh, grass! What is grass? That's the weirdest shit I've ever seen." Am I breathing? <laughs> what is breathing? Yeah, like this. <laughs> but that's uh... rubbing their face into a kitten. <laughs> this is so magical. So understandable, right? So understandable. <laughs> What do you call this? Uh, gravy? <laughs> gravy? 
this is amazing <laughs> that's the tron 3 we deserve yeah that's the tron 3 we deserve for sure <laughs> but that uh sort of brings us to the end of episode 11 there it's a little a little a little fillery i think it's got a new new action figure add-on for tesla's arm there but some really nice moments i think i almost yeah think... mostly it's just highlights are uh dude losing his hair mara sitting on the tank like a badass yeah. and then abel revealing that he knew the truth all along and abel's sweet sweet office definitely and that office hell yeah this whole scene pretty great but i do wonder if the people at argon must be just like oh another showdown at the main square well okay let's go let's go <laughs> oh, check sweet. it out let's check it out yeah you know, that's uh, oh it's about that time it's wednesday time for time for another showdown at the main square it's like an execution during the french revolution oh another rich person's dying <laughs> cool all right let's go yeah like and I, there's still no repercussions for uh page and them being you know executed for treason like two episodes ago but <laughs> they got rescued by the renegade it's like oh well good game anyway everything mm. starts from zero in the morning so but uh but that's it so yeah that's it for 11 and i'm looking forward to 12 and i'm looking forward to the rest of them Hell yeah thank you for joining us for this episode of animatronic i've been duncan shields and i have been courtney colson and tune in next time for another episode of Animatronic. End, End of, of line. line.